Greetings to everyone in the precious name of Jesus. I think it's been a special, sweet worship service thus far. And that's probably an understatement. I feel like the Lord just is hovering over this place in our song worship service. And as we draw nigh to him in song, he draws nigh to us. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And that's a blessing from the Lord. I greet you again in Jesus' name. I want to welcome all the visitors. Thank you for coming our way. It's a blessing for you to be here with us. And we trust that the Lord will minister to your hearts as well as to every one of our hearts. This is the Lord's day. And we gathered in his name to worship him and to hear from him and allow him to speak to us. What a beautiful privilege and what a wonderful opportunity we have this morning. We think of the multitudes that never heard for one and many others that choose not to go, choose to do other things when they could be in the house of the Lord. Think of the multitude, millions that are out today doing their own thing. But we get to be in the house of the Lord to worship God. So that when he comes and we hear the trumpet sound, we'll just go right on into eternity. Worshiping him, blessing him, serving him. How's that sound? Praise God. It's coming, for sure. We don't know exactly when, but it seems like it would need to be soon by the signs of the times, but it's coming. So let's, let's prepare ourselves to be ready when the trumpet sounds that we would be able to leave everything else and go, not turn back. To do unfinished task. Oh, how sad. It's like it often goes for me when I'm, my heart is full of a topic and we're going through the song service and it's just over and over the songs speak of, of what's on, on my heart. And, and this morning that happened again. So many songs talked of uh, what's on my heart. Uh, I'd like to read one, kind of says it so well. I had one written on my hand, and we sang another one, then I, then I wrote that one down, and now I have two written on my hand. That's how it goes. Father, hear the prayer we offer. Father, hear the prayer we offer. Not for ease that prayer shall be, but for strength that we may ever live our lives courageously. Not forever in green pastures do we ask our way to be, but by steep and rugged pathways would we strive to climb to thee. 
Not forever by still waters would we idly quiet stay, but would smite the living fountain from the rocks along the way. Be our strength in hours of weakness, in our wanderings, be our guide. Through endeavor, failure, danger, Father, be thou at our side. Let our path be bright or dreary, storm or sunshine be our share. May our souls in hope unweary Make thy work our ceaseless prayer. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Another song. I knew thee not, thou wounded son of God, till I with thee the path of suffering trod. Till in the valley, through the gloom of night, I walk with thee and turn to thee for light. I did not know the mystery of love, the love that doth the fruitless branch remove, the love that spares not even the fruitful tree, but prunes that it may yet more fruitful be. I did not know the meaning of the cross, I counted it but bitterness and loss till in thy gracious discipline of pain I found the loss I dreaded purest gain. And shall I cry even on the darkest day, Lord of all mercy, take my cross away? Nay, in the cross I saw thine open face and found therein the fullness of thy grace. Oh, that the, 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 the theme of the cross came out in so many of, of the songs and even in the, in the text that, that Andrew had where he Yeah, in, in, in Colossians 4 where he says, With all praying for us that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bond. Here Paul was bound, and he's speaking forth these beautiful things. The, these beautiful things were coming out of the cross. They were coming out of a life that had embraced the cross. They were coming out of a life of a man that had bonds on him. Shackles, possibly, in prison, speaking forth these wonderful things. I think the song says it so beautifully. 
I did not know the meaning of the cross. I counted it but bitterness and loss till in thy gracious discipline of pain I found the loss I dreaded, purest gain. Those are hard lessons to learn for all of us, I'm sure. But it is the way that God has called us to go. Let's bow our heads for, for prayer. God, we come before you yet again. Thank you so much for these wonderful messages that came through these songs that we sang together this morning. If we were listening and engaging, Lord, time and time again, this message, this truth came out, the message of the cross. And out of that cross comes life, pure life, pure light, power, come out of the cross. God, we thank you for that revelation. And we need the daily reminder, we need the daily revelation upon our hearts that the way of the cross leads to God. The way of the cross leads home. Oh God, I pray that as we yet again open the scriptures, Lord, that you would illuminate them to our hearts, Lord. And by that, you would give us the power, the grace, to embrace our own personal crosses, whatever that might be. God, we thank you that all you do, all you do, God, is done in love. You make no mistakes, God, and you have one thing in mind, and that is our good. That though the cross may be hard and difficult, you have called us to bear. You have allowed it for our good, God. And your grace is sufficient. And Lord, out of that cross springs forth life. And we thank you for that, God, this morning. So help me to preach this truth, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. And oh God, for his sake. And oh God, may he receive the reward of his suffering from our lives, Lord, as we daily Embrace our cross and follow in his footsteps, our leader, our savior, our master. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, silliness. It's absurd to the unbeliever. The cross The preaching of the cross is to the unbeliever, to those that perish foolishness, silly. How could a a painful wooden cross give us anything? That is how they view it. For the preaching of the cross that we should, in order to rise up, we need to lay down. In order to live, we need to die. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish Silliness, absurdity. Should have turned there right away, sorry. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. I'm going to skip a little part there, I'll come back to that later. For, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. 
Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? For after, the, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. In other words, we won't get to know God with our head. Amen? With the knowledge of our head. It is foolishness if we try and analyze it and figure it out physically, mentally. It doesn't add up. We think our beautiful tree is looking so beautiful and flourishing, and along comes God and snips off the branches and leaves us looking rather, rather ugly like a pruned tree does. God, it doesn't make sense to the mind. For the Jew require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. Let me go back to that verse again, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, silliness, absurdity. But unto us which are saved, unto us which believe the record that God gave of his Son, unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. It is the force. If you look that word up, it means force. What is it, dearly beloved, in the lives of the believer that makes him go? What is it in the lives of the believer that, that gives him strength? This verse says, it's a cross. It's the cross that gives us a force that we need. For we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Oh, what a beautiful recipe for a wonderful, victorious Christian life. Christ crucified the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus also spoke about this. You can open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. We'll look at a verse for our text this morning in Matthew chapter 16. I'm sure if I were to ask us all here that we would all raise our hands if I were to ask if we want power in our Christian life. The answer is to embrace the cross. And Jesus taught this, this concept in, in Matthew 16. We'll break in in verse 24 and read two verses there. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And there's four quick points that I'd like to draw out of this verse for our Christian uh, benefit, for our Christian walk. 
If any man will come after me, the first point is, if any man is willing, first of all, to be a disciple of Christ. Am I willing? Am I willing to be a disciple? Do I have a sincere desire to belong to Christ? Well, that maybe begs us to ask the question, what makes a man willing to follow Christ? Or what does it mean to be willing to follow Christ? Well, I think first and foremost in every believer, there should be a revelation upon the heart of Christ Jesus the Lord. That God opens up our eyes at at the time of when we believe, the time of when we receive, and Christ, the Christ that maybe all of us here grew up knowing in our head, but at one time of another or another, dearly beloved, we need to have it go from our heads to our hearts, and there's a revelation of Christ, and Christ takes on a new meaning. Dearly beloved, I grew up going to church. I heard of Jesus all my life. And I sang the songs of Jesus all my life. And the little meaning did they have until my eyes were open. And no, I didn't understand everything. But all of a sudden, I saw Christ like I had not seen him before. And that may vary for, for all of us here to, to, to certain degrees. But the point that I believe is so vitally important, if all I have is a mental understanding of Christ, I can assure you the Christian life will be very difficult. There needs to be something that springs up, that comes alive in me, that I want to follow Christ, that he stands out. He, he is some, uh, there's something unusual about this man. And something wakes up in my heart that now I want to follow Christ. It makes me willing to be his disciple. I don't think we can overstress the point that every heart needs a revelation of the Son of God. Every heart does. Jesus asked his disciples when he was together with them and the way was getting hard and the crowds were walking away from Christ. He looks at his 12 disciples and said this, will you also go away from me? Then Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, what a revelation upon Peter's heart. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the promised Messiah. Thou art the one that the world was waiting on for years and years and years, thousands of years. And God comes in his mercy and opens our eyes and we see Christ in a way that we never did before. We say, ah, I'm going to follow him. I want to follow him. Mary had a revelation of Christ in the garden where she said, where God opened her eyes and and she thought it was the gardener till all of a sudden, here stands Christ. And she said, Rabboni, master. The two men on the way to Emmaus walk with Christ. And he was a stranger all the way to their house. And something was happening inside their hearts. They didn't understand it yet. They said then, after he opened their eyes, they remembered. Didn't our hearts burn when he talked to us? Dearly beloved, we need some heartburn for Jesus. 
Our heart needs to burn for Jesus in order to make us willing to follow him. It makes so much difference. I mean, the very essence, the very strength, the very power of the Christian life, I believe, is to see Jesus as the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's my Savior. We need an extent of that. We need a measure of that. We need to pray for that. God, show me Christ. Show me Christ. God is no respecter of persons. And he wants willing followers. Show me Christ. And I believe he will do that. The essence and wellspring of the Christian life is when we have seen Jesus, the altogether lovely one. Praise God. I know for me, 18 years old, having sang the songs and went to church and after the Lord showed me just a glimpse of Christ. No, I didn't have a vision, but something drastically changed. I opened that songbook, and those songs were totally new. There was meaning there. There was contact there. There was reality there. If any man will, wills to come after me, Oh, when we see that Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. When we see that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, it makes so much difference. You know, when we get our eyes off of what we can gain, the loaves and the fishes, and get them on the miracle itself, which is Christ, that makes such a tremendous difference. If any man will, if any man is willing, well, I just believe it is super important that we have a revelation, our eyes being open as to who Christ is. Point number two is that self-denial. Let him deny himself. Well, there's probably many here today that know that this doesn't work either without the power of Christ. Many of us have tried to stop bad habits and change our lives and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, only to fall right back into where we were before. Self-denial is, is basically impossible on our own strength, and it's not necessarily easy even in Christ. It's a cross. It hurts. But Jesus said, it's part of the package. If any man is willing to come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean, to deny ourselves? What could mean a number of things? One of the things it means is self-dependence. We can get pretty self-dependent, especially here in America, where we have so many things at our fingertips that can that can help us do things and bring satisfaction short-lived. And many, many things, if we compare ourselves with other countries, we can be so very self-dependent. But it goes deeper than that. It's an, it's an issue of the heart. Jesus spoke of the two men that went to the temple to pray. 
And we'd think maybe we'd never go to this extent, but here was a man that actually knelt down. I think he knelt down. Kind of forget their posture. Anyway, he, he, knelt, he prayed there and he said, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. And then he went and listed a whole list of things, that bad things about other people. It starts out by saying he, he prayed with himself. Prayed with himself. Self-dependence. Unlike the other man that in the parable there says he smote his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and went home justified. I think it's very safe to say that, that the first man did not have a revelation of Jesus Christ. The second man did. He saw his need. He saw that he was a sinner. He saw that he was worse than other men. He already knew that. And he was off on a good way to denying himself. And he went home justified. Matthew 6, here's another area of self-denial. Matthew 6 talks about seeking first the kingdom of God. What is my purpose in life, brothers and sisters? Let us think about that today as we sit here on the Lord's day in the house of God. And let us just, let us just kind of investigate our motives, our purposes, our drives. What is the most important thing to me? What, what do I want to accomplish in the end? When I take my last breath, when it's me that's laying in the coffin, what do I want to have accomplished? What, what am I pursuing? Jesus instructs us that we should seek first the kingdom of God. And it's all around us, dearly beloved. Souls, we've already heard about that this morning. Friends and needs and people and opportunities. You know, in our work, through our work, what is our chief goal in life? Is it the kingdom of God or is it selfish pursuits? You know, what, what, where do I have my goals financially? What do I want to accomplish financially? What do I want to accumulate materially? You know, what are our pursuits in life? Is the overarching burden the kingdom of God? How can I give? How can I help? Where can I serve? What can I do for you today, Lord? And lay down and deny our selfish pursuits. That's part of what it means to deny ourselves. Paul got to this place. Probably many of us are not at this place, but this is where he got to, and it should challenge us and draw us. He said, but God forbid that I should glory, not in my accomplishments, not in what I have accomplished in life. God forbid that I should glory, that I should spend a lot of time thinking about. God forbid that I should boast, God forbid that this should be a huge part of my conversation, which I think that is what comes out. God forbid that I should glory, save or accept in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
by whom that wooden cross where Christ died on there in Calvary, through that, through that experience, through what Christ did there, Paul says, by whom the world out there is crucified unto me, my desires after it, and that old flesh inside of me toward the world is crucified. That needs to happen in every one of us, dearly beloved. There is, there is a double negative in the unregenerated. You have the pool from the world, all the glitter and the glamour and the gold and the light, all the things, you have that pool. We know what it is. I, we, we know what that is. You have that pool, that drawing from without, and we have the pool from, of the world from within, our own carnal nature. It's a double negative. But the solution to that is right here. They that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. There's that self-denial. They that are Christians, they that are Christ, they that are true followers of Christ, have crucified, crucified. Remember we talked about the power of God Right here it is. It's not that we don't have things of this world. The point is they don't have us anymore. You see the difference? It's not that we don't have things that the world worships and chases after. But the life is taken out of it. We know the best thing is in heaven and we have these things to get by. Our goal is to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And so when the trumpet sounds, dear beloved, there won't be no hesitation. We'll just leave that for what we're longing for. We'll just leave that for what we're living for. We'll just leave all that for what we had a daily fellowship with, with Christ, which is far better than anything this world can offer. Amen? It is far better. Our songs are far much more sweeter and deeper and fulfilling than the songs of the world. The people that sing the songs of the world, they're losers. We know that. We know that. They they lose everything. But we sing heaven's songs, and we are winners. But it comes by the way of the cross. So may we look, part of my my burden this morning is that we can look at the positive side of the cross, not the negative side. You know, we look at a verse like this. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And there's kind, it can be kind of a heavy negative connotation, but it shouldn't be that way if we truly have had a revelation of Jesus Christ, who we are following. There should be a power there. The third point is, let him take up his cross. Let him take up his cross to embrace the condition which God has appointed. Basically, whatever lot in life we have, as a believer, God makes no mistake. None whatsoever. And he has our good in mind. And he'll take, he'll take a bitter experience 
a hard, a difficult experience, and if we allow it, he'll make something beautiful out of it. He'll put a, he'll put a beautiful rose on that thorny branch, won't he? And we can embrace the condition which God brings and in, allows into our lives, troubles and difficulties that we may meet with in walking the Christian life. Let him take up his cross. This is not talking about our own personal cross. In Acts 14.22, Paul went back around to some of the churches that he had planted, and he went back with this mission to encourage and strengthen the saints. And I'm sure we're in that place today. I'm sure all of us need some encouragement and some strengthening. And this is what he told them in Acts 14, verse 22. Place yet. Let me, let me read verse 21 to kind of get the context there. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch confirming the souls of the disciples. That word confirming means strengthening, lifting people up, reminding them that the Christian journey can be difficult, but we need not be overcome by the difficulties. Confirming, strengthening the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. There it is. There it is. We must, through much tribulation. The definition for that word tribulation means pressure. Felt any pressure lately? Kind of fall back? Kind of exert more energy? All of a sudden, you find yourself drifting backward? Dearly beloved, we're walking against the stream, against the wind of righteousness and godliness and holiness. We are walking against the wind. Amen? We are walking against the wind. And be encouraged this morning. Be strengthened. Though Satan and the flesh scream at you and you just want to give up. Don't give up. Let's not give up. Let's be strengthened. This is the way that we are called to go. Much pressure. Many difficulties. Jesus said in John 30, 16, 33, that these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Oh, in the world ye shall have tribulation. Really? Yes. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Paul told the Thessalonians, For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it is come to pass. Yes, he reminded them. Paul told Timothy, Be thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. 
Dearly beloved, our main leader, Jesus Christ himself, had a hard journey on earth. Very hard journey, didn't he? Paul spent a lot of his Christian life in prison. Let's be encouraged this morning. Turn with me to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, for some words from Peter. 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. There, we are tempted to think this is very strange. Look in verse 4 of the same chapter. Here the Gentiles and, and those that we have left for Christ, they think it's strange. I thought that was interesting. I stumbled upon that this morning in my studies. Wherein they, the Gentiles, think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. We used to do that. We ran with them. Now, all of a sudden, there's, who are these strange people? In verse 12, we are tempted to think this is strange. Think it not strange, unusual. Something is wrong concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. Oh, we sing the song, Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Really? Really in the heat of the battle? Let's remember at one point he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He felt alone. Have you ever felt alone? And all you had to do is walk by faith and believe. No feelings. The heavens felt kind of brazen. Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Verse 14, And if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, oh, those Christians, they think they're so much better. You know, all of us have left relatives for Christ's sake, left friends for Christ's sake. Some of us perhaps have left relatives for Christ's sake. And we suffered reproach for the name of Christ. Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. There's that power that we talked about in the beginning. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. The last point, let him Follow me. We're following in the footsteps of Jesus. And I had to think about this. How can we possibly do that? How can we possibly follow in the footsteps of Jesus? 
Well, I believe it's, it's possible by the power of God. We, we, we sing this song. It's a very familiar song, but I thought it might be good just to read it. Follow the path of Jesus. Jesus, the Christ. He that was despised and rejected. Walk where his footsteps lead. Keep in his beaming presence every counsel heed. Watch while the hours are flying. Ready some good to do. Quick while his voice is calling. Yield obedience true. Cling to the hand of Jesus all through the day and night. Dark though the way and dreary. There's that cross. He will give you light. Amen? He will give us light. Actually, I'm sorry. He will guide you right. Other works too. Live for the good of others, helpless, oppressed, and wrong. Lift them from depth of sorrow. In his strength be strong. Take up the cross of Jesus, sharing the shame he bore. Self and the world denying. No world. Say no to the world. No world. Love the Savior more. Tell all the world of Jesus. Think of their gloom and loss. Yes, our way is hard now, and we cry now, but Jesus said we will laugh later. We will laugh later. Oh, dearly beloved, be not weary in well-doing. Tell of his great salvation, glory in his cross. And lastly, one more song. And this song has that same reference, different gospel, but the same, same verse. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Brothers and sisters, can we hear the Savior calling? I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. I'll go with him through the garden. Think of that garden where he prayed and the weight of the sin of the world came upon him. He was all alone. He felt his father had forsaken him and his disciples fell asleep. All alone. I'll go with him through the garden. I'll go with him through the garden. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Will we? I'll go with him through the judgment. I'll go with him through the judgment. I'll go with him through the judgment. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. He will give me grace and glory. He will give me grace and glory. Yes, he will. He will give me grace and glory and go with me, with me all the way. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, he chooses the road. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, 
I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Oh, may the Lord add his blessing. May we be encouraged to be faithful, clear to the end. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. May the Lord bless his word.